Welcome to the Sustainable Minerals Institute at the University of Queensland. My name is Daniel Franks. I'm a professor here at the SMI and I'm the program lead on governance and leadership in mining. And today I'm going to be talking with Professor Anna Littleboy, who's the program leader of Transforming the Mine Lifecycle, a program at the Sustainable Minerals Institute. She's also the incoming research director of the Cooperative Research Centre for Transformations in Mining Economies, CRC Time. And our conversation today is part of a new podcast series that we're doing here at the Sustainable Minerals Institute. And we want to explore some of the big sustainability challenges around mining and the role of minerals in a sustainable world. Welcome, Anna. Thanks, Daniel. This month, the Federal Minister for Industry, Science and Technology, the Honourable Karen Andrews, announced $30 million in funding over 10 years towards CRC time. Yeah. What is CRC time? Actually, what is a CRC? Well, it's actually very exciting for us at the moment. So a CRC is the kind of butte of research funding. It's, it's multiple millions of dollars of research funding over multiple years. Uh, which uh, is leveraged against industry funding to create a pot of money. In our case, it's about $130 million that can then be focused on doing a broad research program specifically targeted at solving a major issue which is facing Australia. So it's a way of bringing scale and cooperation to research around a particular topic. And um, CRC time, we worked hard to get that acronym. That that was because kind of, <laughs> it is all about time, really. CRC time is about many many mining areas in Australia are very mature now. We have mines that are moving into a situation where they have to think about closure. And of course, there are many many people who've been very dependent on those mines economically for decades. Mm-hmm. And so there is a question about how do those communities best transition as the mines close into a future, a post-mining future, where they have sustainable ecosystems, they have livelihoods that can be sustained and where they're, you know, they can stay on the land if, if they want to stay on the land. So CRC time is all about having the mining industry working with governments and communities in order to make that transition process as effective as possible. And it's not just about closure, if I'm right. So this is this, you know, research funding from CRCs is pretty difficult to get. And I understand that this is the second attempt that you've gone to get that funding. What's changed between the first attempt and now? You know, that's a great question, Daniel. One of the things that we've been really working on for the past 12 to 18 months now has been what is it that we're trying to achieve through this CRC? We originally started from thinking about mine closure, but a big shift happened when we started thinking rather than putting the mine centre of the CRC, we put the mining community centre of the CRC and we came up with and we started talking about what does it mean to transition that mining community rather than what does it mean to close a mine? Fundamentally, this represents a big shift in the way we think about the relationship between mining and mining communities. And this CRC is all about thinking very holistically about how mining is an agent of regional development and how can mining be used as an opportunity 
to help regional development and transition in different areas. So it's been quite an exciting shift for me because I've spent, as you know, I've spent a lot of my my career really trying to think about the relationship between major economic activity, environment and people. And looking at your career, Anna, you seem pretty well suited to this particular role, right? So there's a few kind of themes that I see in your career that kind of match very neatly to the demands you'll have in this new job as incoming research director. You've worked on the interface of science and society. That's been a big theme of what you do. You spent 17 years at CSIRO and eventually ended up leading all of CSIRO's portfolio work on resources and sustainability. You worked at the interface of technology design and implementation. You were deputy director of CSIRO's big flagship Minerals Down Under project. Physical science and social science, you're very comfortable working between those. You've got a background in geology, but you do a lot of work in in the social implications of science. You bring people together in big initiatives, and this is a huge initiative that you're taking on. And you're not afraid of scale, doing big things. You've worked in closure, you worked on closure of nuclear fuel cycles. This challenge you've got now, how are you gonna bring all of those kind of interfaces that you've worked across into um, achieving impact from this, this new project? Well, just hearing you replay back themes from my career it's it's a lovely way to hear my career described I, I often think of it as jack of all trade and master of none in many ways but I think this space around how do you achieve integration integration between stakeholders integration between disciplines of science integration between science and social science integration of people and place it is one of those areas where increasingly we're seeing the need for more efforts and more resourcing to go into facilitating people from different disciplines and different sectors having conversations together. Mm-hmm. Because it's only by doing that that we're going to find ways of making sense of this incredibly complex world that we live in. And thankfully, I think the grant, if you like, that the federal government has given to get CRC time up and running is actually highly symbolic of the fact that we are beginning to acknowledge that we work in a very complex system and we need to find different ways of engaging people. How am I going to do it? That's what we're kind of sitting around scratching our heads about now. Having been awarded the grant, the next steps that we have to go through is how do we actually make sense of that and develop a five to ten year research program. We're very lucky with the CRC because we have 71 partners in the CRC and they come from the mining industry, state governments, the mining equipment, technology and service sector, so people who provide business and technology into the mining industry and also we have a lot of partners who represent regions and communities around Australia. So we actually have real potential Mm. to have meaningful engagement of all of those groups to help co-develop the research that we'll do within the CRC. So how how can those groups, whether it's industry, communities, other scientific organisations, how can they engage with the work that you're doing? So for those people that are our partners within the CRC, we, myself and um, 
Guy Boggs, who's the CEO designate for the, the CRC, are just going through a process at the moment of engaging with all of those groups for two reasons. One is to go through the necessary process of signing people up to partner agreements for the CRC. But the other and the much more exciting bit is engaging with them around a research planning process. And over the next 18 months, we will be conducting a range of consultations around Australia for each of the programmes of research we anticipate within the CRC. There'll be three programmes. One is really around how do we define a shared vision for a post-mining future in the region. We're calling this programme Regional Economic Development. And this is where we anticipate a lot of the regional and community groups being in the room with the mining industry, with the state governments, talking about what is the future for a region that has been very dependent on mining in the past. And then we have a programme which is around understanding how do we take that future and then factor that into what the mining companies are doing while they're operating. There's quite a lot of things mining companies can do whilst operating that can help to facilitate what will happen in the future. But we need to understand how to get that into risk modelling, mine planning, mine scheduling. So that's where we anticipate research that will be more closely aligned with the mining companies and we'll be out to them talking about how do they do my planning at the moment, how do they factor social performance and community engagement into their operations at the moment, how do we embed that a little bit more strongly in operations and how do we value long-term community outcomes when actually a lot of the focus is often on short-term profitability of the mine site. And then the third programme that we're anticipating we call Technological Solutions, and that's where we'll be developing new innovations and technologies and processes to minimise long-term risk from mining operations. That's where we might be looking at how can people use waste product from the mining process, how can we make tailings less toxic and safer for the future? How do we find uh, appropriate seeds to create biodiversity that is appropriate for the land moving forward? So we're going to be engaging in many, many different ways with our partners. And there'll be many, many ways of getting involved in helping to develop and design the research program in the CRC. We're not trying to do it all now, particularly in these days of social distancing. We're looking at taking a year really to really understand the foundational work that's needed and develop some really strong themes of research. A big feature of this uh, CRC is that it brings together the west of Australia and the east of Australia. It's a, <coughs> the two leading institutions are the University of Queensland and the University of Western Australia. How um, do you plan to bring the capability of those institutions and what can UQ, University of Queensland and specifically the Sustainable Minerals Institute do to share its experience into the, the running of the CSE? Yeah, I, I mean look it's been a tremendous privilege for me since I joined the University of Queensland to be working with researchers at the Sustainable Minerals Institute. 
and working with them on this initiative to try and get up this CRC. But one of the things that I think has given me most pleasure in the last two years has been actually building a very close working relationship with the University of Western Australia and in particular Dr Guy Boggs from the Western Australian Biodiversity Science Institute because together we have been really sort of driving the CRC bid process and um, we have always planned to have twin hubs for the CRC. So Guy will be based over in Perth in premises hosted by the University of Western Australia, pulling together, if you like, the administrative hub for the CRC and being a Western presence for the CRC. The Sustainable Minerals Institute will host the Eastern presence of the CRC, which is really where the research coordination will happen, which is the kind of role that I'll be doing. That then gives us a presence on both sides of the country, which means it does become a little bit easier. The problems are different on the different sides of the country. The commodities are different. The legislation is different. And of course, one of the things I don't want to forget is that the University of South Australia and CSRO and Flinders University and Federation University are all research partners in the CRC as well, which again brings in a southern focus of, of research. What we need to create, though, are virtual teams uh, of people from multiple institutions around Australia. And the way we're seeing those virtual teams coming together is by identifying regional centres of activity. For example, the Bowen Basin, where we have a predominantly coal mining economy. That's an area where there's a whole range of conversations to be held about regional development in the Bowen Basin. There is a lot of research that can contribute to that coming from University of Queensland, from the University of Western Australia, from, for example, Central Queensland University. We need to be bringing all of those people together into virtual research teams. Cooperative research centres are really about impact. You've done some modelling of the expected impact that you might have and the economic impact you've calculated $2.4 billion of impact. How did you get to that number and what does that mean? What kind of work at scale really does that figure represent? Yeah, it's a large number, isn't it? To get up a CRC, you have to do some pretty intense thinking about what will the CRC deliver? How will that be used by end users? And if it is used in that way by end users, what will the economic impact be? So we did some pretty detailed modelling, primarily driven through interviews, if you like, with our end users. So with the mining companies, with the METS companies, and with our community and state government partners. And, and METS means? Sorry, METS is the service providers to the mining industry. So it's someone who is either testing the water or providing some kind of sensor or working on the rehabilitation of a, mm -hmm. of a mine site. And um, 2.4 billion was the number that came out of thinking about a whole range of ways that the CRC will deliver impact. So for the mining industry, one of the issues they've got at the moment is there are very, very few cases of successfully closed and relinquished 
sites. A lot of great work on closure, but it's not so common to find that a site has been handed back. So if the mining industry can't demonstrate that they can close mines, then obviously that has an impact on their ability to get investment to open mines. So there's a big impact around if we can demonstrate you can close and relinquish mines, then it, it addresses one of the problems that the mining industry has, which is about closing its mine life cycle. There's also a burgeoning uh, global market for closure solutions. As the industry matures around the world, everywhere, all mining jurisdictions are facing this issue of what do we need to do in order to rehabilitate our mines and hand them back to the people. And so we calculate that if Australia can position itself as a global leader in providing these solutions for mine closure, there's potentially a billion dollars out there in terms of a global market to access and intellectual property and commercial services to meet that market. We have also looked, for example, at the value of land post-mining, where obviously if we can deliver back some productive land for agriculture or horticulture, then that land has an economic value post-mining. So we've done some thinking about the post-mining value of land. We haven't actually managed to quantify the sort of environmental value of the land that we can return to people, nor have we managed to quantify the value that, for example, indigenous peoples will get out of retaining access to country. But those are obviously very, very important impacts that we can deliver if we get it right through the CRC as well. Very difficult to put those kind of impacts in economic terms. Mm. And there will likely be some policy impact as well, some policy implications of what you're doing. There was a recent Senate inquiry on mine closure that found some gaps in the way that closure happens. There's also a, a shifting landscape. There's a lot of pressure on, for example, thermal coal and the future of places like the Bowen Basin. And um, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty in, in a sector where there's been... Um, investors and some of the major companies um, shift out of it. Are you going to deal with things like just transitions and all of the, the ways in which it might impact the, the workers and communities that live in, in those sort of communities? So yes, we're, we're effectively looking at for whatever reason a region may be facing mine closures, we're looking at what is it that needs to be done in order to create the most positive legacy, I suppose, and the most sustainable chance of a post-mining livelihood. So in that respect, we are very much thinking about what would constitute a just transition. But we're doing it for a whole range of reasons, not just because of issues around the choices people are making about transitioning out of certain commodities. We're not trying to engage in that particular area of debate. We are simply looking at for a region, particularly a region where they're facing multiple mine closures, what does it mean for that region? How can we best work through research to position that region for the most positive future going forward?
Well, thank you for joining us today, Anna. It sounds like a very exciting program of work. It is. Um, we wish you the best of luck in, in it as it goes forward. Thanks, Daniel.